Hello and welcome back to another episode of Triton Nation Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Gonzalez, uh, Director of Athletics and Student Life, uh, Pacific Christian High School. Uh, again, this episode is brought to you by the Pacific Athletic Network. We're grateful to our host, Trilogy Financial Studios, for letting us partner with us, letting us use their space. Um, I'm excited for today because we have um, Dr. Bethany Miller, the Director of Athletics at Biola University on the show. Bethany, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, and then we have Pacifica's very own SID, Mariah Rodriguez, who typically does all the background. This is the first time after our two or three seasons of doing this, you guys get to see her. Mariah, well-deserved to be up here. Thank you. Excited to be here. <laughs> um, so Bethany, we're I'm excited. Not only is Biola my alma mater, um, it's yours as well. For you know, Mariah, you went to Vanguard. That's okay. I mean, we won't hold that against <laughs> you. <laughs> um, but it's a lot has happened at Biola in the last four, five, six years, um, including your kind of own journey through that. But for our viewers that may and our listeners that may not know Bethany too well, um, Bethany, you you you're not from Orange County. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Napa. Napa, okay. What high school did you go to? I went to Napa High School. Oh, okay. Listen, would you play? I know you're a basketball player. Did you do other sports there as well? I did. I played volleyball and softball, and I played club soccer, hoping that it would switch back to a winter sport or oh. do a spring sport, yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> so soccer player. You fit right in. We're all soccer players yeah. here, so it's perfect. Um, but you then you went to Biola, and you played there for four years. Um, it seems, according to my notes, you had a pretty impressive playing career. You have some, according to this, you're top 20 all-time for games started, minutes played, and assists. Sounds like you were a stud. Oh, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you play there for four years and then uh, went on and got your master's and your doctorate in physical therapy. Did you, um, you know, we'll jump into this maybe a little bit later, but was your goal to pursue physical therapy ultimately or was it just kind of, uh, kind of, I don't know, something you wanted to do that you enjoyed? I don't know if that's a good question, but. Yeah, yeah. My mom's a physical therapist. Okay. So There's I knew about tie. physical therapy as a career. She worked in acute care in a hospital setting gotcha. um, before she retired. Um, but I knew I wanted to maybe go into sports medicine, physical therapy. So that okay. was kind of my, my primary goal uh, coming out of college. Okay. Okay. So that, that makes sense. There's the connection. Um, but when you graduated, you kind of jumped right into coaching at Biola mm -hmm. on the women's basketball side. Mm -hmm. um, I have that you were there about 13 years coaching on staff with the final four years or five years, sorry if I'm wrong with that, as the head coach. What was that like, being the head coach at your alma mater? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I had a great opportunity to, to jump in and coach. I decided to work in admissions right out of college, and I was hired as a transfer counselor, actually for the same supervisor that I have now, Dr. Andre Stevens, hired me oh, straight out there. of college. Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, in a different division. And so he hired me, and I stayed on. I wanted to live with my friends after school. Okay. Um, after yeah, graduation, you're young, you yeah, like let's live life up a bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, stepped into, and then they knew I was on campus, and they asked if I would step into an assistant coaching role. Okay. And you, you did you coach um, as when you were there? Were you coaching with your former head coach? Were you guys the same coach there? Or was it a transition? Um, you know, with head coaching for the women's side? Yeah, there was a transition. So I um, was out of school for one year, and then um, there was a transition in coaching, and then we had an interim head coach, Bruce Erickson, and okay. so he asked me if I would come on staff um, okay. a year after I'd graduated. And then you guys were there 13 or so years until he left, and then you stepped in. Actually, so he was interim, and then Ken Crawford was hired. Oh, okay. And so I actually okay. coached with our associate AD and head coach, Ken Crawford, who's now back up in Washington. Okay. Um, he came down and coached, and so that's where I assisted under him for seven years and was head, co head coach for four years. Okay. Well, cool um and now you're you're you know the head boss there you know at, at Biola what when did that transition take place and kind of how did they how did how did that kind of even get presented you know I guess is the right way to say it yeah so I um had a, a phone call uh, from our current vice president at the time Greg Vaughn who's retired um he was over enrollment management division 
and he asked if I would consider being the loan applicant for the athletic director role. We already had known the board and uh, board of trustees had already voted that we would go NCAA Division II, so okay. Coach Dave Holmquist could not stay as the men's basketball coach mm-hmm. and AD, and he chose to continue with the coaching route, so they approached me to see if I would be interested. I was our assistant athletic director at the time and mm-hmm. uh, head women's coach. Okay, so there was that kind of movement already in that direction as, as an assistant AD. Mm-hmm. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, all right. Well, then, you know, today's episode. Thank you for that. Is there anything we missed? Anything our viewers, you know, want to know? Mariah, do you have any questions on any of that? No, I think mine are probably more a little bit later down the road in the okay. conversation. <laughs> okay. Well, then, yeah. Well, so we're going to jump into this one for our viewers and our listeners. Really, you know, today and, and you know, we're just going to get into it. You know, high school athletics, college athletics is predominantly a male-dominated field. Um, if, if from a coaching standpoint, from an administrative standpoint, and whenever, you know, being the dad of, you know, girls, like uh, my daughter, Bella, like I'd love for her to feel that she has the opportunity, if she has that desire to be a coach at the college level or an AD at the college level. So I thought it would be fun to have, you know, you on and Mariah on to talk about, you know, what is that like for the young, you know, female athletes out there who maybe have goals to move into that direction? And, and we'll just jump into the first question, you know, how, how have you seen it, Bethany, um, you know, Knowing that maybe, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but if your end goal was to be an AD, I don't know if that was what it was when you were kind of graduating through college, but knowing how that unfolded, did you see, you know, what were the challenges you faced, you know, being a female, um, moving in that direction, moving up the ladder, you know, being an assistant and a head coach and assistant AD and then a head AD. It sounds like people really entrusted you through that process, which is awesome. Um, But I'd love to just dive into that a bit, maybe some of the, your journey in that piece. Yeah, that's a great question. It has definitely been a journey. I would say some of the challenges have been actually my own sense of um, knowing like my own my own leadership style and mm. being able to step into these spaces. I remember one time my husband said to me when I was coaching an assistant AD, he's like, maybe you should be the next AD at Biola. Uh. And I laughed at him. <laughs> I was like, they wouldn't hire a woman, I don't think, and I don't know that I could be an AD. So I think there was this sense of um, I wasn't sure of my own capacity. And then as I continued Mm. to grow and had people like Dr. Holmquist and like Greg Vaughn and people around me that really believed um, in what, yeah, and what I could do um, more than I did, that they gave me opportunities along Mm. the way. So I was really thankful for that. Um, and then having a family certainly was a challenge. I have a mm. seven-year-old, a four-and-a-half-year-old, and a two-and-a-half-year-old, two boys and a girl, so three wow. beautiful children. Yeah. Um, I had you know, my first right before I stepped into the AD role, okay. um, so while I was coaching. And so, um, yeah, so I think, I think that was one of the challenges is just learning um, how, to, how to balance all mm. of those things together and, and just really stay um, present wherever I am. So yeah. some of them were more internal challenges, but I had a lot of people uh, who believed in me along the way. That's awesome. And that's great to hear, like, for, you know, you can be a working mom. You can mm-hmm. you can run a Division two college athletic program and a more prominent one in, in you know not even just the Christian circles but just Southern California academically kind of that circle, and still be able to do it. I think that 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 notion of like well I, I got to put my career first that's not necessarily true. And I think it's it's hard when people talk that way. I know with my own wife Kelsey like she had these goals of wanting to be a mom but also knew she could balance it. And I think it's encouraging to hear that, that is possible. Um, um, yeah. Yet. I want to cut you off. Yeah, I mean, I'm encouraged just as like someone who's up and coming into it. We need women like you to like, you know, kind of trailblaze for us a little bit and prove that we can do it and do it well, especially as a mom. So mm-hmm. I'm super encouraged um, and I'm excited to keep talking. <laughs> um, so you mentioned something in that in that response, kind of this internal, am I good enough almost for lack of a better word? You know, am I capable? What is my bandwidth? Speaking to that, like what if, you know, how, how, how did you find yourself overcoming that? 
Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you're right. Like your first kind of response was, they, well, they probably don't want to hire a woman. Well, that's not true. Right. Like how, mm-hmm. how would you, what's advice in that sense? Like to, to challenge that? Yeah. I would say for me, it, it was my faith. Okay. So every step of the way, I felt like God was stretching me into a new space, into a new capacity, and it really increased my dependence and increased my prayer life. I remember when I stepped into the head coach role in my very first year, there we go out to the national championship. <laughs> We're an on-the-bubble team. We weren't even ranked. We knock off number six in the country. We make it all the way through to the quarterfinals. That's awesome. And we're out there, and it just felt like every day was just this next step of, okay, God, I don't know what you have next for me, but I know you're with me in it, mm-hmm. and so I'm just going to trust that, and I'm going to continue to lean in and um, move forward mm-hmm. and um, do whatever you're calling me to do. So for me, it was a practice of that presence of being with God in it and trusting him um, to, yeah, to show me kind of where to go and what to do and, and all of those things. So my faith, I think, has really um, been grown through the opportunities that I've had and, and being stretched. Hmm. That's cool. That And for, for all of us that, you know, share that faith, like it is a big part of our journey, you know, mm-hmm. being able to lean in and having God stretch us and pull us, um, you know, that that is that's a big part of, of all our of all our stories and all our journeys. Um, so not switching gears, but kind of how you know, how valuable and it's important for really at this point, it's an answer for anybody, but, um, from a professional standpoint, does, does your degrees matter? Mm-hmm. You know, we have that conversation a lot with people. Um, you know, if it's even from a coaching standpoint, your licenses, do they matter? Does degrees matter? You know, you are um, a doctor, Dr. Bethany Miller, and, and that I'm imagining is something that's necessary at that next level. Speak into that for our listeners mm-hmm. that need to know. Yeah. I think for me, it definitely was valuable having the doctorate. I think it, um, it helped people see me in the role that I could mm. be in, especially mm-hmm. as someone who was appointed to an AD position young. Yeah. So I yeah. became AD when I was 34 <laughs> So go. Um, go. to go through this membership process. And so I think that did help um, add a, a sense of, okay, like she's gone through schooling and, and you know, she has her doctorate and she's mm-hmm. ready for something like this. Mm-hmm. Is it important what, um, what like discipline it's in? You know, because now there's you hear a big push like I got my master's in coaching and athletic administration, very specific, very you know niche to what I want to do. Yours is physical therapy, and I know someone else's is philosophy, whatever. But does that matter, or is it more just the education piece? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, certainly, like when even when we're hiring um, within our department, if someone has an MBA or Mm -hmm. a master's in sports management or an MA in coaching and administration, it certainly helps to know. Okay this person really knows the field mm-hmm. or they can handle a lot of the task aspects gotcha. of administration. Okay. Um, but someone with a doctorate in higher education would also, you know, so I think yeah. there's just yeah, this yeah, broad yeah. sense of both the educational piece is helpful. And if it's in something that kind of shows um, they know this area, Somewhat this relevant. field. Yeah. Okay. And it's really kind of the whole, what does this person bring wholly, I think, to the position? Um, have they worked in athletics? Have they been a student athlete? Like yeah. they both um, have as well. So. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So I, I want to ask a question from Mariah, and then you can because well, because I was thinking about this. You know, Bethany, you oversee a, a wide range of positions. I mean, one of them um, being, you know, uh, sports information. You know, sports information director, and and Mariah. So Mariah, you know, is new in that. Like Pacifica just started this position during the pandemic. We saw, hey, you know, we can't play sports. We can only do so much. Like let's invest in this aspect of social media and marketing and grow it. And she's done a, a fabulous job. Um, but I know her her path of travel at the moment is this SID route. Um, what, what, do, what do you look for in that position? You know, as you know, Mariah, you can speak in it. You've worked at Vanguard, you worked at GSAC, you have your own history of, 
but you know, for those that you know, with Pacifica, sorry, it's a long-winded question. But uh, we have uh, essentially a prefect program, and what that is is students at our school can apply for internships within the school, um, and they can be a head of school prefect, a principal, director of athletics. And our athletic department has three prefects. Um, they're all girls, believe it or not, which is fun. <laughs> um, but it's it's encouraging because they have these ideas of like, hey, this is a fun way for me to jump into athletics quickly and get involved. You know. What are things you look forward in that role specifically, if that if you can answer that? <laughs> yeah, we actually just hired uh, Angelina Stalmont, who's our new SID yeah. at Biola, when right. Neil stepped over into the compliance and communications role. And some of the things that were really impressive about her and as we went through the search is she's very creative. Mm. She is really great at the social media aspect, um, and she's got really big ideas. She just ran this amazing media day. So I think when we look at this position, you do have to be able to have this creative aspect, this mm-hmm. um, a lot of you know visual um, portfolio to kind of show like yeah. what you've done before um, but then being able to to basically manage a whole team of student workers mm-hmm. so she is very invested and detailed and able to manage and invest in them she's taken on interns and she has a whole yeah. video team that she's investing in so I think <laughs> a lot of it is both the administrative side of that but then also just the experience so um, I'm really excited to see what happens for you Mariah and how your career continues to grow because obviously you're not even graduated yet <laughs> and you're totally set with all of this experience and a really great resume. Thank you. Yeah. And then even kind of just jumping off of that, I know everywhere that I've worked between Vanguard here and GSAC, um, I've tried to kind of not latch on to somebody, but kind of focus in on someone as a mentor. Um, and I think that was something that was always like told to me, like, you should find someone that, you know, that can coach you and all of that. Now that you're an AD, who is your mentor? Like, who are you looking to for advice in, in like your um, professional sphere? I call Dave Holmquist. Yeah, when there's, uh, I'm not sure how hard to push on a schedule change or just the various detail things that we do as an AD. Yeah, I talked to, I talked to Dr. Holmquist, you know, to have someone with his wealth of knowledge and experience in the AD role has been extremely valuable. Mm. Um, I also connect with Gary Pine at APU Mm. quite a bit to ask him. Ethan Hamilton, Amy Hinkleman up at Dominican. So mm-hmm. I have a lot of um, people You're in our conference, network, yeah. yeah, that um, that I connect with just to just to ask for advice. That's awesome. Yeah, jo- I mean it's funny. Joey O'Keefe had a great comment two or three weeks ago whenever he was here, but he said something that I will use moving forward. If you're the smartest person in your room, your room's not big enough. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just a great, you know, like you're right. You need to surround yourself with people um, that are gonna, you know push on you when it's necessary, ask good questions, be able to have tough conversations. You know, we we had our first, so at Pacifica we have a booster board for athletics that is kind of an advisory board. And we had our first kickoff meeting for the year and I invited my team to come. And even that first meeting, you know, we had a member who was just asking good questions and they weren't necessarily fun in the moment, but they're like, you trust those people, you gotta find them. Cause then you know when they're asking these tough questions, they're doing it from a place that's sincere and genuine and cause they care about you and the institution, not whatever their own agenda may be. Um, so yeah, that's good. That's that's a great, that's a great question on that one. Um, <laughs> switch okay. So switching gears now to more, uh, prof, you know, athletic department at Biola professionally. So you guys just finished your NCAA transition, hmm. July 2019. And for all of us listening, we probably all know this. If you don't, then you've been living under a rock. Um, COVID <laughs> hit less than a year later, and now Biola, who finally finishes transition, has been essentially in COVID ever since. How is that? made your job harder, easier? What is the stresses of that? And, and then we'll move on from there. Oh, yeah, it's been no problem. Yeah, I bet, right? <laughs> easy. easy peasy, especially yeah. being in L.A. County, I'm sure. <laughs> made my job easier. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, um, it certainly has been, um, uh, yeah, unique six years. Yeah. Uh, yeah, somebody told me about the NCAA process 
that that was something that you um, would, uh, as a million dollar experience, you wouldn't pay a dime to have again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, but now we now we're going through COVID yeah. um, and the and the pandemic, and um, it certainly has its challenges. We were really uh, thankful to be able to to have all of our sports seasons last spring. Mm. Um, so we didn't have cross country, um, but everything else we ran in the spring. And so to get to see student athletes get to compete was amazing to practice their craft and launch all the sports. And so um, yeah, but it's been a lot of health compliance oversight. I've been really thankful for my background in physical therapy. Mm. I feel like those uh, God knew when I yeah. came into this position that having um, a health background, I think stepping into and being able to support our sports medicine team has been um, a real asset for our department. Mm. What was probably your greatest challenge? You know, if you had to pick one challenge, what, what do you think that would have been? I think um, one of the greatest challenges has really been communication. I mm. think one of the greatest points of learning for me has been crisis communication. I'm a very collaborative leader, and so I've had to learn how to just step in, manage, because in crisis communication, you have to be direct, concise, mm. firm, make a decision and be able to move forward and communicate mm. that really well to all the people who need to know the information. And so, um, yeah, we've had to make a lot of decisions in a very short period of time, so some decision fatigue over over the last few semesters, um, but that, that has probably been the greatest challenge yeah. and, and, and learning point, which has been great. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, every I feel like every institution across the country was put in some predicament where somewhere along the last 20 months where, yeah, decisions had to be made and we all had to react almost, you know, as much as we wanted to plan and forecast, we couldn't. It was just a period we couldn't. Um, where do you see bio coming out of it? You know, what is your goal maybe now? You finish the six year, we'll even say maybe 10 year with COVID, whatever, transition. Um, what are your goals now for your department as you're here? We're moving forward, Lord willing, you know, things are continuing to get better. You know, what does that look like? Well, first I want to be APU in the Cornerstone Cup. Thank you. Praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> so, we're coming for you. Coming. So we'll just start right there, Gary. Um, and, um, I love that that's still, those rivalries still run deep. <laughs> like, I love that. Yes, they run deep. Uh, they run deep. He tries to teach my kids to say go Cougars and I am like, yeah. absolutely not. It is go Eagles nope. all the way. Nope. <laughs> so yeah. So, um, no, I, we, we are um, really excited as we continue to move forward and, um, yeah, what, what do we call it now? It's uh, not post pandemic, but post vaccine mm -hmm. era. Uh, we mm -hmm. do believe we've got just a great group of coaches. Um, you know, spiritual development is the foundation of what we do. And we also believe we're going to have a lot of competitive success this mm. year so I think moving forward just keep continuing to keep our eye on what's important and yeah. how to develop the whole people of our students and this year I'm focusing a lot on just being really present being present with teams being present with coaches um, making sure to just really invest in the relational development and the team of our athletics team and then even the individual teams on mm. our on our campus yeah that's that's the that's what makes our school so different Biola Pacifica any really Christian school out there is there's that tension not to, it's not even tension but it, to an extent this balance of being very competitive but not veering too far away from who we are mm -hmm. and understanding like you know as a faith-based institution like what is our goal is our goal to win um, I know at Pacifica we talk a lot about the journey like if the journey the journey has to be more than the outcome if our you know boys basketball team which is probably one of the top five teams in the county wins state and CIF but they hate each other and they hate their coach then we failed right then we missed the boat so um, it's it's I can, you know, relate to you in that sense of finding that balance of, you know, your spiritual and who we are and but also wanting to be competitive because at the end of the day, we work in a field where you need to win <laughs> um, a little bit on that. Do you have questions for us at all at Pacifica? <laughs> I mean, we just keep talking and we kind of like to ask our guests, you know, what are your questions for us? 
Yeah, no, I would love to ask you about, I know that you're the director of athletics and student life. Yes. And so as you approach student life and the co-curricular education here at Pacifica, um, what does that look like for you? What yeah. are some things that have been really successful that you've done within your programs and teams? Yeah, no, I think, so when this, the most easiest to answer, I guess, so when this all kind of happened, you know, 2020 and it went, you know, we sat in a room with our leadership team, more a co-curricular leadership team, and we couldn't play sports, right? We couldn't be indoors. You couldn't, you couldn't do anything. And we're about to launch a school year. And we sat down on a whiteboard, and I remember we, we cut it in half, pros and cons, like, what are our goals? Like, what do we want to do? Um, we decided in that moment that during this whole last 20 months, the ultimate thing that we need to care first and foremost about is our students and our people and their well-being. So we, I asked my coaches, I asked my staff, like, hey, I need you to go do a beach bonfire because we're allowed to be outside and you're allowed to be out there. Like, well, I'm a boys basketball coach. Or I'm a so- it has nothing to do with soccer. I don't care. Go make it happen. We got to foster relationships. We got to build community still. We got to find creative ways to do it. So I think as overseeing co-curriculars and kind of everything essentially outside the classroom, you know, building community, building the ability to waste time together, um, that's kind of been our emphasis. And if we could do it with tools like athletics, great. Um, if we could do it with tools like the arts or going on a student leadership retreat, we tried. But I think specifically the last 20 months has been how do we continue to point to our kids? How do we continue to give them as much normalcy as possible? Um, Because even though, you know, the pandemic was a real thing, I think things that weren't talked about as much was like the damage we were doing psychologically to these kids and the damage we were doing physically and emotionally. And it's not good for 14, 15 year olds to be cooped up in their rooms all day, every day. So we, I'm thankful to Mariah and Ashley and everybody that just said, okay, we'll follow and, and, I mean, we literally like, hey, we're going to go on a hike and we would get out there at 6 a.m. and temperature check everybody and, and temperature check them when they got back and did everything we could to make some kind of community happen. So I think very practically that was what I was we were really working working on. But I think maybe more 30,000 foot for the school. Um, you know, we want to be a place that that people enjoy to be at. You know, I didn't like my high school experience. I don't know how you guys, you know, Mark, even our producer, <laughs> how high school was for him. But um, it needs to be a place that's fun. Like you need to be able to come to want to come to school and, and want to be involved. And, you know, I think it's why we have such a high involvement rate. I think it's like 90 percent of our kids do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just kind of been our emphasis. Like you have to let Pacifica take you. I tell parents that tell kids that because um, if you don't, then, you know, you're not going to have a good high school experience. I don't know, Mariah, you, you want to answer that? You work, you work in the same department. Yeah, I mean, our focus was always the kids. Um, and I think that was something really unique for me to come into an athletic department with no sports. I was like, ah, you know, a little, I even, I think at one point I told Brandon, like, I don't know what to do. Like, what do you want me to do? Um, and I think his leadership and just the continuous push of like, it's for the kids, it's for the kids, do something for the kids. And that's how we kind of developed like, as much like video and like social media that we could that was as singular as possible so but it still highlighted the kids in their journey at Pacifica um, and so that was always just our focus and um, I think it's made me better I think it's made me more creative um, and kind of helped me look outside the box at least for my profession so moving back into sports we have a lot of like unique content and you know new and fresh ideas that um, kind of came from the pandemic oddly enough so yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's been amazing to see um, all of the different adjustments that um, different departments and universities yeah. and schools have been able to make to, to be more creative in what and what we're able to yeah. do. Yeah, it's it's it is, and, and honestly, the school's been blessed um, with the great board. You know, a great head of school, mm-hmm. um, and and this it's you know I know the college level and the high school level are different in many ways. You work with minors, and you have more adults who are more have more opinions, probably, well, maybe not more opinions, but more freedom to mm-hmm. make their own choices. So yeah, the high school had its pros and cons, you know, more parent involvement, but a little bit more support because parents just tend to be more involved 
um, with the high school, high school level. But um, no, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, definitely. Um, any other questions for us? Mariah, where do you see yourself? You're in sports information. What are yeah. next steps for you when you graduate? Oh, boy. I don't know. I feel um, a little bit torn in a couple different ways. I think um, I never thought I was going to work in athletics. Um, I always thought I was going to be like a teacher, oddly enough. Um, and then I realized I didn't really want to do that. Um, and so coming into sports, um, I saw this unique push for like social media and kind of this new age of um, ways to communicate with people and connect. And um, I've always loved sports. It's something I've done consistently for a long time, obviously. Um, but I think, I mean, I'd like to work in professional sport, sports at some point. Um, but college athletics was where I came from and what I really love to do. So um, I could definitely see myself ending up somewhere as um, maybe like yourself one day, like an athletic director or something in that realm. Um, but I don't know. I think I'm keeping my options open and kind of just curious about everything. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, but nothing can happen like 10 years from now. Right. Yeah, I'm going to get Brandon at least 20 years after. <laughs> that, perfect. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take the first 20 years. That, that works for that's me. That's right. Um, yeah. So, but well, Bethany, final question for you. Do you have a final uh, fantasy football team? I don't. <laughs> no. no. Okay. Well, the second question, who's your football team? How about that? Do you have one? Nope. Okay. Well, that's the easiest <laughs> answer we've ever Viola gotten. University undefeated since 1908. There you go. I remember <laughs> I remember the first day. They, do they still sell those shirts in the, in yeah. the store? Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. Um, well, I guess then, then on a, a last question that we can kind of jump into as we kind of hit our mark here. Um, you know, how do, does Biola, from an athletic standpoint, does Biola see, and, and this is more me more broader, so maybe you can answer it when you can't, but with so many of the old GSAC schools now going Division Two, mm-hmm. Vanguard's up there, right? They're doing, they're exploring, and, and the rest of the other schools are exploring. Do you see an old GSAC coming back at the Division Two level, or is it a little bit more complicated than that? Maybe you can't even answer that. Who knows? Maybe an opinion piece on that. Um, I think it'd be great to bring back that rivalry, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean... We would love to travel, you know, locally even yeah. more to be able to play Division Two competition. Expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so um, yeah, so we'll we'll see where things go. Um, it'd be great to to welcome, you know, more former GSAC schools mm-hmm. into into our area. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be that's a very professional answer. By the way. I love that. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, hey, listeners, viewers, thank you guys for logging on. Thank you, Bethany Miller, Dr. Bethany Miller, for being here at Mariah. Um, go to YouTube, subscribe, go to Instagram, Facebook, like us. You can find more about us on PacificAthletics.org. Um, and until next time, thank you guys.